Hello, Corky Crime Sisters here. Hello. So our show contains graphic content, so please, listeners, be advised. first this week because <coughs> I don't remember. I went first last week. I Mommy think. Miseries? I think I, I went first, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Yeah. 2020. I'm seeing in 2020 for the first time in my life. Yes. Queen. <laughs> Even though my eyesight has not improved whatsoever and <laughs> I'm still blind as a bat. <laughs> um, we trying. We trying, though. Nice. It was a metaphor. It was Fine. What happened to your eye, speaking of your eyeball? Dude, the same day I had that huge bruise on my arm, and then my blood vessel broke in my eyeball. And I don't know why. That sucks. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. You know, living the dream. It's cool. Cool. Well, we are the Corky Crime Sisters, y'all. Yeah! We are the podcast where two sisters actually like to hang out with each other. Especially in years that end in 20. <laughs> and in a zero. And a zero, yeah. I mean, really, realistically, it's a zero. <laughs> um, <clears throat> today we would like to talk about some, uh, what do we call them? An- angels of Death? Angels of Death, yes. Yep. We'd like to talk about some Angels of Death mm. and uh, have an adult beverage or two. Or three or four or all the mini bottles of Prosecco. Yes, I bought us little mini ones. Mm-mm. Prosecco for the road. Oh, ho. <laughs> that lady pointing over there, <laughs> pointing at me over there is Nikki. <laughs> the lady singing with the broken blood vessel in the eyeball is Taylor. And my doggos are going crazy as always because there's actually a dog outside freaking out right now. And I'm hoping if I just talk over them, they'll shut up in two seconds, but I doubt it. I know. Every week. This is a this is an occurrence. Every week. We need a we need a real studio. Or I just need someone to babysit my dogs while we record. We need to like step it up to real status here. Something. something. It's just yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay, so like I said, this week we are doing Angels of Death. Um Taylor, what are we drinking? <coughs> oh my the cutest little bottles of mayo, mayonetto, M-I-O-N-E-T-T-O, Prosecco, Doc Trevioso, Brut, Brut, Prestige Collection 1887. Oh, I like it, I like it. This is actually really good. Um, it's been my, like, my go-to Prosecco lately. There's no fun, like, oh, I always love, can I see the box? Yeah, what did I do with it? Oh. Uh, There's never any... I love all the fun little, like, you know, little descriptions of what we're drinking, but I don't think it has one. Sorry, because they're mini bottles. They can't fit it all on there. Avoid drinking. Or avoid... Avoid drinking. (laughs) Avoid storing at extreme temperatures. Storage temperature range between 40 and 60 degrees. F ideal. Serving temp 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Government warning, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during a pregnancy because of the risk of birth effects. Two, consumption of alcoholic beverages impair your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. Challenge accepted. I feel like... <laughs> two, challenge accepted. <laughs> I feel like the people off of, um, like, the commercials for medication where it's like, this is going to improve your life so much, and then it goes over all the birth, like, oh, the, the, the side effects. Yeah, the side effects, and they're worse than the symptoms you currently have. And it's like a billion, and they go over it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's... I am mouth breathing. These don't really have much of a, like, pop fizz, nothing. They just kind of... Oh, wow, they just screw off. What is this monstrosity? I will... Oh, that was the paper. paper. Yeah, see? Not much there. That was it. I feel I need to go grab a Michelob just it's to open okay. it. It's okay. It's okay. Yamas! Yamas! <laughs> I clinked it kind of hard, so I was waiting for it to overflow. Mm-mm-mm. It's literally like a beer bottle of champagne. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's intense. Good stuff. All right, Tay. I think. Uh, I think it's me first this week, like we were talking up. about. I think you up, girl. I really wanted to do this um, topic because me and my boyfriend got super into. So a long time ago, I listened to Dirty John. Yes. And then I found out that Netflix had a series, and I loved it, and we were obsessed with it, and now I just felt like I wanted to cover it, and it did not disappoint me. I have a quick, I have two quick corkscrews I just thought of. I'm so sorry. You're good. Do okay. do your thing. First is, check out these socks. Oh, you were wearing your Prosecco Ho 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 socks. So I should have worn mine. So our mom got us Prosecco Ho 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 socks for Christmas. Super exciting. Okay. I'll take a picture of it and put it on the uh, Instagram. And you like yours though, Sunday Funday. Those are cute. Yeah, they're little footballs. They match. That was my... Um, and then my other corkscrew is, so, uh, my husband's bar had their company Christmas party. Yes. <clears throat> and one of the ladies that works for him, her name is Tara, and she was there. And Tara is also in the military, and she's about to deploy at the end of this month. And she's a newlywed. She's going to be gone for six months, and she's a newlywed. It makes me so sad for her. But, um, anyway, so she and her husband listened to us. Oh, really? Yes, and she's so cute. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to give you a shout out. And she's like, I'm kind of having a fangirl moment right now. And I was like, yes, yes, we have a fan. Hi, Tara. <laughs> yes, thank thanks, you. Tara. <laughs> we also got a five-star review, which I think is another girl from the bar. <laughs> Could be, could be. If I'm not mistaken, but I feel like I want to read it out because, you know, why not? Let's give our, our listeners some love. From Sarah E. Baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Five stars. These girls are so funny and I love their stories. Thank nice. you, Sarah thanks. E. Baby. Yeah, thanks, Sarah E. Baby. I'm pretty sure it's Sarah and we love you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week... So every week we text each other to make sure we're not going to do just that. We just send names and that's it. Just to make sure we're not going to do the same people because that'd be really awkward. This week, (laughs) my guy's name is Charles Colon. Colon. And I was um, texting her, texting Nikki and I was like, oh yeah, I totally got my case. I'm good to go. And she was like, okay, what is it? And like in a total like slip moment was just like, oh yeah, it's Edward Colon. And I just get back, um, I think I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> I'm like, uh, are 
we doing Twilight characters? I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> so, no, I am not covering Robert Pattinson or... Or Twilight or of Twilight any kind. Or Edward Cullen. Charles Edmund Cullen. I know, they're being crazy. Do you want to... Should I, should I take care of that? Yes. Okay. All right. I tried. I tried. We to- tried. We tried. Okay, so you're not covering Edward Collins? Edward Cullen? Cullen. So did I really misunderstand the assignment? For sure. Did you really do Twilight? (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm doing Charles Edmund Cullen. So another Edmund, which is weird. (sighs) So moral of the story is don't name your children Edmund. Apparently not. It never goes well. Or they turn out to be serial killers. Okay. This strapping fellow, if you can call him that, was born in New Jersey and he was the baby of the family of eight different children. Mm. So, I don't know. This tends to not go very well as far as, like, why won't my hair stay up? Um, I don't know. What's, what's sprangling the puppies too much for it? I think so. <laughs> But, like, typically when, like, we have a baby of eight children, they feel neglected. They feel like they don't have a voice. There's too many kiddos. You get the thing. Yeah, that's too much. Um, The whole family was extremely religious, and they had a lot of turmoil in their lives. So, Charles' father raped him as a child. But his father died very young as well. Okay. Like, when he was young, when Charles was young, so... I couldn't find anything about, like, how long this went on, how many times this went on, but it happened. Um, And he had two siblings die as well once they hit adulthood. So, like, life wasn't great. What year was this? Or when was this? It was... Oh, man. When was this? 1961. Or 60. That's when he was born. Oh, that's way more frequent than I thought it would be, considering the details you've already given, but okay. Yep. Um, he's been quoted as saying his childhood was miserable, and his first, record- first recorded attempt at suicide was at the age of nine. Oh, that's sad. I know. Poor baby. I know. The attempt um, that he made was he had, like, you know those chemical, like, chemistry play sets? Yeah. He drank the chemicals. <laughs> okay. So, he lived. Um, and since then, he's had 20 recorded suicide attempts throughout his lifetime. Oh, my God. He's not doing great. One of the more severe attempts was when he, like, took a pair of scissors and stabbed himself into the head. Uh, oh. Yep. He was he was rushed into surgery, but Lit. but survived, yeah. As, as, yeah, one does when you stab yourself in the head. I mean, I know we always say I'm just going to stab my eyeball out, but... <laughs> I, I don't mean know, it like that. I didn't know people seriously did it. Oh. <laughs> Um, when he was the age of 17, his sister and mom were driving around and they got into an accident and his mother died because of it. Oh, God. Yeah. His family needs to do some spiritual work. I feel like they are cursed. Yeah, with all this death and stuff. Bullshit. My head is itchy. Okay. He had a lot of grief after this, as one would. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and he dropped out of high school and joined the Navy in 1978. He was assigned to a ballistic submarine that had that was deployed, um, and they were in charge of taking care of his... <laughs> there was a hair on my nose, and it was freaking me out. 
You just did this like cross-eyed like grab your nose thing. That was really funny. Okay. But kept talking. Yeah. <laughs> like it, nothing happened. Um so they they were in charge of taking care of Poseidon missiles, which are just basically missiles under the water. Yeah. Um he made a lot of people on the ship wary. He showed a lot of signs of dysregulation even back then, as you can imagine with what I've already told you. <laughs> Yeah, the dude tried to stab himself in the fucking head. How did that how did that pass? Yeah. For him to go into the I think it was a different time. Oh, okay. He hadn't turned batshit yet. Well, I think the navy was different back then. Or like the armies and Oh, that's what you mean. Like it was a different time. They accepted people. They weren't as strict as they are nowadays, would you say? Yes. Okay. I mean, when it comes to like stuff like that, obviously they were more strict on people that were gay and yada yada, but um but mental illness was fine i don't think they really had the tests either maybe not i mean mental health is just now starting to like gain speed yeah if you will yeah so one of the times he made people nervous he had stolen a surgical gown mask and gloves from a medical cabinet and just like worked his whole shift like that wearing them wearing them yeah (laughs) (laughs) so as you can imagine like on a hit me though on a ship full of navy people in their like uniforms and he's just like walking around in surgical gowns hit me that's funny yeah after this he was moved to a supply ship because i think he made people nervous and especially when you're working with missiles all day (laughs) not a great time just a little bit um during his time on this supply ship he attempted just to kill himself like several more times and so they were just like yeah you're being discharged from the navy like we can't you can't keep doing this, Buster. Yeah, like you're too much for us. Sorry. Yeah, and this was in 1984, a year before you were born. Aww. I know. The simpler times. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, his next adventure he chose to go on, this time I believe wearing regular clothing, <laughs> was he attended nursing school. Oh, he should have saved the outfit. I know, <laughs> right? Um, he did end up graduating. And he was granted a job at St. Barnabas Medical Center in New Jersey. It was here that he married his wife, Audrain Taub. I don't know how to say it. T-A-U-B. Taub. Sure. Sounds good. And they had two daughters together. Doesn't it surprise you that people who have these tendencies and stuff can still live a completely normal mm-hmm. life also? And then you think of all these, like, really wonderful people out there that are still single, and you're like, how? Isn't that crazy? How does this happen? I know. No, I 10,000% agree. Would Could not agree more with that statement. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um, it was also here at this hospital he started to begin his, like, heinous acts. So buckle up. Buckle up. He's Great. pretty prolific. Great. Yeah. So his first victim was on June 11th, 1988. This victim had been admitted to St. Barnabas for an allergic reaction because he took like a blood thinning medicine mm-hmm. that his body was like, nah, Buster, nope. <laughs> nah. What's up with me and saying Buster today? I- I'm not sure. I- I'm just going with it. Okay. He then gave this man a lethal dose of medication, which killed him. Yeah. And you're going to see this. This is going to be his preferred method. So he will put drugs into people's IVs just to do it. Um, with, there's a couple different drugs he, he prefers, but this is what he likes to do. Nice. Yeah. So throughout his time at St. Barnabas, he, he killed 11 people. Charles did. Nice. Um, 
Rack them up. Rack them. <laughs> rack city, bitch. Rack so, rack, rack city, bitch. as I'm going through this story, I don't mean to minimize people's lives. Yeah. I'll say that. However, there's so many of them, I don't have time to sit yeah. through every... Si- we don't have time today to go through every single one in exactly the circumstances because at the end of the day, the way he kills everyone is the exact same way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, just know that I want full respects to go to these people. However, for the sake of time. Yeah. We cannot do it. Sounds good. Um... Yeah, so he had killed 11, Charles killed 11 people while he was at St. Barnabas, and, and this actually included someone who had AIDS, and he just, like, injected him with a bunch of insulin and killed him. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so you'll see throughout this, he liked to do insulin, and he liked to use um, dioxygen, I think that's how you say it, but it's it's basically a heart medication. Oh. So. <laughs> Does it just, like, give you a heart attack then, or, like? If I had to guess... Because I didn't do a lot of research into it, because as I was doing my case last night, I had two kiddos run from my facility, so I didn't get to quite finish. Um, I imagine it's a lot like what Dad was on, where it's for people that have heart attacks, but it, it dilates the vessels, so I imagine it, di- like... It could over-dilate. It'll over-dilate, yeah, yeah and then okay. you don't have enough blood pumping through your heart. Okay, okay. At one point during his stay here, hospital authorities began investigating like an incident where people were tampering with intravenous fluid bags Hmm. and as soon as this investigation started he just like quit (laughs) huh that don't look sketchy though no and this was in 92 he went on and found a new job at warren hospital in pennsylvania where he murdered three elderly people do these hospitals not talk so i guess maybe not then i'll kind of touch on this later but it wasn't a thing then like, tracking wasn't great. There wasn't a lot of communication. And even now, if you listen to Dr. Death and Dirty John, they're not catching these things very yeah, well. Yeah, true. Like, even nowadays, like, it's something we've really... I, I don't know how we solve this. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's weird. It's, it's But the system should be able to talk so that no matter what, you know, they... Yeah. Your name pops up. You can, I know that in certain states, like in Colorado, you're not allowed to say what somebody got, like if they got fired, you're not allowed to say that. You're just allowed to say that they don't work for you anymore. And yeah. all you're allowed to do is confirm that they did at one point. But I think in a in a field that's as sensitive as this, mm-hmm. that should not apply. Like if you got fired. Important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and. I mean, we're not talking like, oh, I sold sunglasses and I stole, so don't hire me here. We're talking, you know. People dying because of the result exactly. of your... Exactly. We're talking death. Death. Well, and so... If you think about it, even a lot of police departments nowadays don't talk still. Which is weird. Like, think okay. about Billy Jensen and Paul Holes are working to create the first ever spreadsheet of murder cases that are unsolved. Like, why is this just now happening exactly. in 2020? Yeah. True. So... Because it's 2020. Oh, wait. So is things progress mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what to say yeah, I, we're catching up to the technology we have i think I, hopefully yes hopefully do you hear that like yeah, sounds like air it? i have no idea is my computer i think it might be your computer might be hot 
It's working hard. <laughs> I am pushing this Mac to its limits recording on it. Like, I love it. I love it. We're just gonna... It freaks out at least twice a day about not having disk space, and I delete everything off of it anymore. Like, I don't have anything on this thing. Crazy. <laughs> um. Anyway, so these three elderly women, he was injecting them with that heart medication mm-hmm. I was talking about. Um, and one of these women had actually woken up while he was injecting her. And she stated to family members that a sneaky male nurse had came in and injected her with meds. And everyone dismissed her accusations. Family and then members. She died. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm too much of a like. Murderino at this point. Yeah, I would be like, I'm sorry, you said what? And even if it was just poor old granny off a rocker at the end of her life. I would still be like, no, 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 I need to, I need specifics. (laughs) Yeah, right? I, that part astounded me too. I was like, no, you believe these people. Yeah. (laughs) In January of 1933, his wife got smart and filed for divorce. Oh, good. She stated that Charles was abusive and alcoholic, put pets in trash bags and bowling bags. Oh my God poured lighter fluid into people's drinks and prank called nursing homes uh, okay yeah what? and it was during this time he wanted to quit nursing but couldn't because he had to pay child support now because he shared custody oh yeah shortly after this he broke into a co-worker's home where she lived with her young son um he was able to go in and go out without them seeing him or waking up fucking creepy yeah and he began uh frequently calling her both at work and outside of work hmm yeah stalker um stage five cleaner (laughs) stage five cleaner um the woman ended up filing for a complaint and he was put on probation for one year and the day after this he attempted suicide was unsuccessful and took two months off of work he was treated for depression in this time during two psychi- in two different psychiatric facilities. And he attempted suicide two more times before the end of the year. Oh my god. Yeah, this guy does a lot. So what I'm understanding is is that he is either A not serious about And I don't want to say that like Oh, if you if you try and you don't and you fail, then you weren't serious. That's not what I'm saying. But right. I, I feel like it was it like an attention thing at this point for him to have tried it so many times and failed, or that's a, that's a or good did question. This just suck. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't know the actual means. Just didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of research out there about people who attempt suicide, but it's like superficial suicide. Yeah. But I, I don't know what it looks like in this for him. Yeah, me neither, because I definitely feel like stabbing yourself in the fucking head. That's 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 intense. That one's a little bit more than just I'm trying here. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, at this point, he left Warren at the end of that year and found another job at Hunter Medical Center in New Jersey. Okay. He is just basically hospital hopping at this yeah. point, so yeah. just get used to it. He stayed here for three years in the intensive care and cardiac unit. Some more heart medication. Great. And he says he was totally kosher those first two years. He didn't murder anybody. Oh, such restraint. Fucking right. (laughs) God. (laughs) In his last year, he claims to have murdered five patients, once again using the heart medicine to do so. 
This bitch. And this is what I was going to say is hospital records from this time don't exist um, anymore. So they were all destroyed by this point. Um, so made investigation into these claims very difficult. Sure. Um, he moved on to another hospital after this, but was fired shortly thereafter for poor performance. And ended up being unemployed for six months and was unable to pay his child support. From here, bitch became depressed again or was still depressed. Either one. And he was admitted into the Warren Hospital that he had just left <laughs> and transferred to a psychiatric facility. Oh, great. Um, he left pretty shortly after due to not seeing any improvement in his behaviors. Like, he, he felt the treatment wasn't working for him. <sighs> and his neighbors observed him running down the street, chasing cats in the middle of the night, <laughs> yelling and talking to himself. That's not normal. <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> I mean... Hit me, though. Hit me. Hit me. And making faces at people when he thought they weren't looking. (laughs) So that all sounds like me. Especially the, like, yelling and talking to himself. I do that all the time. Oh, man. Or making faces at people when I think they're not looking at me. Yeah. (laughs) He was then hired at Liberty Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Pennsylvania in 1998. This dude's interviewing skills must, must have been off the charts. Top good. tier shit. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, bless you. Oh. That one seemed aggressive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just spit on myself. You just drooled all over yourself. <laughs> that was another one coming. I think I'm good. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, he was assigned to a ward where pa- patients needed ventilators to breathe, which I'm sure made it way easier for him because they couldn't talk. Yeah. I think my door is being demolished by my dog right now. I think that's what's happening. Do we need to pause? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Liberty fired Charles due to entering a patient's room with syringes. Oh. The patient ended up with a broken arm, although no puncture wounds were made. And the suspicion that he had been administering drugs at unscheduled times. But he was just fired. Like, no one looked into his license. Exactly. Like, nobody said anything. Like, nobody was like, okay, well, they should have done a background check on this guy before he was even hired. Yeah. And in that background, see, this is why I say I understand in certain states it's, you know, character assassination, whatever. But in a field such as this, it's very important. important. Yeah. Oh. So he moved on to another hospital where he once again murdered a patient with the heart medicine. The investigation led to nowhere. It wasn't conclusive once again. Jesus. And he was able to find work due to the need for nurses and a lack of documentation surrounding these events like we were talking about. Yeah. There was no way to track what he had been doing. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Charles took a job at a burn unit at Lehigh Valley Hospital in Allentown, Pennsylvania in March 1999. During his time there, he murdered one more patient and attempted to murder another. In 1999, Charles voluntarily resigned from this hospital and then took another job at a different hospital in Pennsylvania still. Okay, see, this is all in the same, air, like, state. Like, they should know. Yeah. Th- they should really be talking. Yeah. 
Okay, anyway. <sighs> this new job once, once again in the cardiac care unit. And over the next three years, he murdered five more people and attempted to murder two others. I know. It's intense, right? I'm over this guy. In January of 2000, he attempted suicide once again by putting a charcoal grill on his bathtub and lighting it. He hoped uh, the carbon monoxide would kill him. <laughs> car, bro. Use a car. Yeah, car is way quicker. <laughs> um, neighbors ended up smelling the smoke and calling the fire department, and he was once again uh, taken to a facility but released the following day. You know, it's cool. You put a charcoal grill in your tub, but we'll, leave, we'll let you go. It's cool. Haven't these people heard of, like, 72-hour holds at least? You'd think. Jesus. I know. Um... Taking a breath because this guy stresses me out. Stressing me out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, More suspicion came on to him when a co-worker found unused medications in the trash. So these drugs were not valuable or used for recreation of any kind. So it was really suspicious that anyone would steal them. Hmm. Um, And an investigation of this showed that Charles had taken them and he was fired and escorted out of the building. Later on, other nurses came forward and stated that although he'd only worked 20% of the total time on the unit he worked on, he was present for two-thirds of the deaths on the unit. Hmm. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Therefore, one-fourth of the time, two-thirds of the de- Yeah. Doesn't add up, sir. Nothing came of this investigation either, though. God damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is pissing me off. Went to another hospital. Jesus. But he left because he didn't like his co-workers. Well, they don't like you either, sir. Yep. <laughs> or maybe that's just me. <laughs> he then began working at Somerset, New Jersey in the critical care unit. He was still suffering from severe depression. And he murdered eight more people while he was there. Just a drop in the old bucket for this gentleman at this point. For real. Um... I got beatboxing for some reason. That is not beatboxing. <laughs> That's not either. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Mm. On June 18th, 2003, Charles attempted to murder another patient at Somerset. Um, he survived and was discharged, but died six months later due to natural causes. So we danced with the Grim Reaper, made it out, and then still died. Isn't that kind of sad? Poor guy. <sighs> At least he got to die on his own. Yeah, for sure. Fuck so you, Edward, colon. <laughs> Charles? Yeah, that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> so soon after this, the hospital's computer systems actually showed that Charles was accessing records of patients he was, like, not assigned to whatsoever, which oh. is, like, not good at all. Yeah. Um... It was also showing, so I think we're getting smarter here. Bear with me. It started showing that he was checking out medications that weren't prescribed to the the patients he was taking them to. Oh, okay. Look at that. So they started started to get smart. Yeah. The executive director at Somerset... Or, I'm sorry, the executive director of the New Jersey Poison Information Education System warned Somerset 
that at least four of the suspicious overdoses indicated the possibility that one of their employees was killing the patients. Yeah. Because he was. But the hospital designed him. So this was in July. They decided not to contact anyone until um, August. <laughs> or October. Sorry, until October, which is a way bigger gap. Yeah. Probably too big of a gap. And by then, Charles had killed five patients... Tried to kill a six and was having sex with the victims. Just the recent ones or all of them all along? Just the recent ones. So he's rampant. There's rampage. Yep, he's he's uh, progressing in his... Yep. So the hospital Friends. then was penalized because they didn't report a non-fatal overdose of insulin in August. And of course, guess who had been administered by? Mm-hmm. Mr. Cullen himself. And his final victim died of low blood sugar in October. And that's when the hospital alerted state authorities. Oh my god. I just want to like bang my head against my mic. That it took this long to figure this shit out. I know. Or for somebody to even call the authorities. I I know. Really like. And it was then that they started to unravel all these mysterious things happening around him. Bullshit. I know. They then fired him on October 31st, 2003 for lying on his job application. What? I know. And they continue to like keep him under surveillance until they finish the investigation. He was arrested on one count of murder and one count of attempted murder at a restaurant on December 14, 2003. One count? Yeah. Yeah. That earlier in the day, he had attempted to murder two more people. And so I think that was his undoing. He uh, ended up pleading guilty to killing 13 patients and attempting to kill two others by lethal injection. And he was only admitting to Somerset at this point, which was the last hospital. And he promised to cooperate if they didn't seek the death penalty while going for him. Ugh, I hate that. I know. It pisses me off because they, they then get to use... They get to have this power that they use to mm-hmm. help solve cases of crimes that they committed that otherwise wouldn't be solved, mm-hmm. but they get a benefit out of it. it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. I understand why it happens, but it pisses me off anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> in November of 2004, he pleaded guilty to killing six patients in Pennsylvania and attempting to kill three more. And in July of 2005, he remained in Somerset County, and they continued to investigate numerous more deaths because, you know, he killed a bazillion people, it feels like. Um, He's currently serving a life sentence without parole for 30 years to be served consecutively consecutively with his other sentences in Pennsylvania. Um, These were 11 consecutive life sentences in New Jersey, so he'd be eligible for parole in 397 years. Yeah. Oh my god. The way the fucking sentencing system works is so batshit to me. I just, know. We just say you're this, never getting out. Exactly. We talked about this last time. I'm like, great. You get 300 plus years. Okay. So really, life. Just life. say life. Yeah. You're not. You're not leaving. <laughs> you're never going anywhere. Oh. <sighs> this case stressed me out. On March 10th, 2006, Charles was brought into the courtroom of Judge William Pratt for a sentencing hearing. 
Charles was upset with the judge and continued to tell him for 30 minutes, Your Honor, you need to step down. What? No, sir, you need to step down. But here's where it all goes to shit because this should never be okay in any courtroom because now you've just fucked your whole courtroom. The Honor had Colin gagged with a cloth and duct tape. (laughs) I thought that would be me. (laughs) I would be a terrible judge. I would be like, fuck you. (laughs) Everybody's thinking they want to do it, but that's not how it works. But you can't do it. Uh, even after it, he tried to continue to, even after he was gagged, he continued to try and say this to the judge. Um, and this sounds hilarious to me. I think the judge just got pissy because then he handed down an additional six life sentences. Oh my God. Um, in addition to other sentences pronounced on the same day in another county, he currently faces 18 life sentences. Jesus. Um, he... He attempted to say that he was doing this because he didn't want the patients to suffer and he didn't want them to go into codes, which is when, you know. No, you're batshit. You're batshit. That's all it is. But that's, that's what he was trying to say. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. But batshit meant batshit in that courtroom. That's hilarious. Did the judge get in trouble for that? Do you know? It didn't say anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, you can be. He was just the first Judge Judy. Oh my god <laughs> you gotta be oh my god oh my god that stresses me it. out on so many levels of oh. like having to be so equal and even at work oh right right you can't do that shit that's how you get sued it's just funny though he deserved it oh it's hilarious <gasps> i agree good case your case stressed me out this week these cases stress me out in any cases Fuck. well the thing is is because it, it makes you like scared yeah. Like, when you're in the hospital or something, there it's supposed to be a place where you feel you get help and at peace and you can trust. And it reminds me of that nurse when uh, when dad was having his heart attack. I'll never forget this. Mom and Nene had, like, left to go home to take showers or whatever. And I was just hanging out with dad. I think I was reading whatever. He was chilling. And every now and then his heart monitor would, like, start going off. Yeah. But he, when he was like, what? Like, I feel fine. I don't know what's happening. And the nurse came in and was like, oh, you're just having an A-rhythm. It's cool. And, like, ended up leaving. I think it was a different name for it. I don't remember what it was now. And then you and I went out and asked her. <sighs> yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to bother me. Let's go ask her what she meant by that. And she goes, oh, you know, it's it's technically, like, a lethal heart rhythm. But he wasn't feeling anything. It was fine. And I was like, excuse me? We were just like, what? You said lethal. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this when it was fucking happening? Yeah. Oh, it's craziness. All right. So for my case this week, I'm going vintage. Vintage. I feel like I've heard her name before. Yeah. Jane Toppin. I remember her. I think she's pretty famous. She is pretty famous. Yeah. Okay. So Jane Toppin was born Honora Kelly. Honora? Honora. Did your parents hate you, Honora, Honora? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome for the chant. Um, She was born on August 17th, 1854 in Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Um, Her mother, unfortunately, died when she was still an infant. She died of uh, tuberculosis, which apparently at the time there was still not, like it was untreatable. Yeah. 
I mean, this is 1854, so. Makes sense. Yes. Um, so she ended up growing up in a household with three other sisters and her father. Her father <laughs> was a small-time tailor. Like, he didn't really... <laughs> that poor father. Yeah. Well, so here's where it gets even worse. Of course. Um, of course. Following the death of her mother, her father, Peter Kelly, uh, just went insane. Like, went, he went batshit. Um, he grew notorious, um, and, and he grew notorious for all of his stuff that he was doing, and they literally called him Kelly the Crack, as in, like, Crackpot. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I want to be yeah. known for that name. So, um, he, in, on top of being, having gone insane, he also was, uh, a heavy alcoholic. Mm. Yes, and basically he made his daughter's lives a living hell. Okay, not poor him. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, he was even known for supposedly sewing his eyelids shut because he... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had an eye theme on this podcast. We always do. Um, but yeah, he supposedly was uh, sewed his eyelids shut because he was a tailor and gone insane. Now, I don't know if that actually happened or not, but <clears throat> there was... I an... don't want to see the truth. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, so he did realize at one point that he was being a really bad influence on his children. Oh, no And he took his two youngest children, which included Jane, and put them, um, into a female asylum. Which was more of, like, an adoption agency. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've looked into those old-time asylums, but, uh... But the thing is, is the, the people of the asylums or slash adoption agency, however you want to look at it, um, they felt like they were rescuing these girls from their father. But what about the third child? Uh, I don't know. Good question. She just was gone. Uh, so she ran away. I know. I hope so, too. <laughs> But during their stay at the uh, asylum, it was reported that uh, Jane's oldest sister started working as a prostitute. Get it. And in the end, Jane ended up getting um, a job, if you want to call it that, but a job as a, a local house servant. Um, she was not much older than nine at the time. Ooh. So it was said, though... <laughs> There's that no the, labor laws now. Yeah, right. So it was said that the... So the family, the lady who who had her come work for her, her name was Anne Toppin, and the owner, she was the owner of the house, um, but they never officially adopted Jane, so, like, she worked for them, it was like they took her in as, like, a little servant, but they made it seem like she was part of the family. Well, and she probably had no sense of what was healthy or not, so she was exactly. like, yes. She, it was said that she did develop, like, a, a strong bond with the Toppin's daughter, um, her name was Elizabeth, and they both went to school together, lived in the same house, so it was like they were sisters. Except for Elizabeth, of course, being the real daughter of Anne. Right. Actually, god dang it, I did so good. <laughs> I don't think I said basically once. Um, um, so, wait, Elizabeth, so she moved in? Mm-hmm. Okay. But Elizabeth was, of course, treated like an, like their daughter. Where is Jane? Where Jane was, was treated more of like their servant. I'm picking my arms really bad, so I'm trying to curl up into a little ball so I don't. Okay. Um, during her, her senior year in high school, she got attracted to a man um, started her, and started a relationship, but it didn't work out. Uh, she received the shock of a lifetime when she was left at the altar by the man. Oh. Yeah. So this led her to become depressed. 
Um, she had several failed relationships, and her, um, and, like, she was, like, putting her worth in the love of a man, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, which... A lot of people do that. Yeah. I think it's really easy to fall into. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially growing up with, like, the father that she did, and, like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying, like, not a woman figure, really. In the house, yeah. So... In 1885, she started training as a nurse at the Cambridge Hospital. Um, she loved her pa- she was loved by her patients and coworkers. She loved what she did. Uh, she earned herself the name Jolly Jane because she was just so happy and everybody loved her. No, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, where was I at? So she um, used this basically as like her way of getting close to. The patients and stuff and she decided that she wanted to be experimental if you will and she was going to use her patients as that as the guinea pigs like as the, the mm, people yes okay. so she was giving them um high dosages of morphine and what she would do is she would actually damn it <laughs> <laughs> so she was what she wanted to do was test them, basically, to okay. see if if I gave them this much morphine, how how long would they be out, or how how much morphine can I give them before they would die and bring them back, kind of thing. Okay. So she was just playing around with this, which is kind of weird as it is, right? Yeah. Um, it was also said that at that time, when when she would give them high doses of morphine, that she would then lay in bed with them while they were in like out of it and she would start to like cuddle them and sexually assault them and yeah that's not good do weird shit that's not no yeah no. and the thing is is she ended up like she spent a lot of time alone with her patients because i guess back then that's just what happened yeah. um she i don't know she was just really weird <laughs> you want to talk about hard to track <laughs> yeah for sure back then exactly so um, anyway, she was transferred to, she ended up getting transferred to Massachusetts General Hospital in 1889, um, but it was a bigger hospital, so she had to, like, be a little more cautious with her behavior. Um, she couldn't really do the experimental stuff with the morphine that she wanted to before. Um, she was fired within a year, and following that, she moved back to Cambridge Hospital for a smaller period of time. You okay? Hit my elbow. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> she got her old job back somewhere, but um, her bad record with the uh, Massachusetts General Hospital put her under heavy heavy scrutiny yeah. um, without her knowledge. So they were actually still tracking this somehow back in the 1800s. So, if they so they're doing do it, better. Yeah, come on now. But then again, I guess there's probably not as many people and as many, you know. Hospitals yeah, and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this resulted in her getting fired from the hospital after a few months when she was caught red-handed overdosing a patient. Oh, that's it. That's that's it. Yep. Yep. Just fired. Get out of here. So soon after getting fired from Cambridge, Jane started working as a private nurse and was, um, and her career flourished, which, okay, cool. <laughs> in the earlier stages of her new professional venture, she got booked quite a few times, um, and... You know, for she got booked for like uh, petty thefts 
and and but all the charges were like dropped basically so she was like stealing from her people but they like dropped the charges okay so she started working um in 19 or excuse me 1895 is when she claimed her first victim um in a former landlord and his wife she committed the murder by poisoning the couple that were um that were that were giving her trouble uh she took a two-year gap between her second and third killing and her third victim's identity was rather shocking. Mm. Yes. So her third victim was none other than her sister, Elizabeth. What? Yes. Or her foster sister, however you want to look at it. Um, Elizabeth was married at the time, and Jane was said to be jealous of her and her husband. And all the stuff she got growing up that Jane didn't. Yeah. So. All right. Yep. Apparently, Elizabeth was sick and Jane was nursing, I use air quotations, nursing her back to health, um, and she died. There's a, I'm sorry, I was thinking about, there's a show, Murder Maps maybe, did the same thing. It was like the husband was nursing his wife back to life, but really just killing her the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, this was her MO. Like, in the hospital, she was more, like, using morphine to do experiments, as she called it. And then afterwards, now she's a private nurse, so she's going around and instead of helping these people that are actually sick that she thinks, or that people think she's helping, she's killing. So what really led to her arrest then was she was hired as a private nurse to take care of Maddie and Alden Davis. They were an elderly couple. She was for, she first killed Alden and then Maddie by poisoning them both. Uh, she also killed the daughter of the couple named Minnie. But the family did not intend to let it slide and asked her for a full toxicology report on the on Minnie. The police found out that she was poisoned and Jane was immediately booked. An investigation ran and was take and Jane was taken into custody, but this didn't happen until 1901. Oof. Yes. So, after she was in custody, because, you know, they look at it and they're like, oh, this family, like, that's weird. Like, they all died within, like, a short amount of time. Yeah. You know? So, they were like, what is up here? So, that's why they even, like, yeah. caught on to anything. Um, so, it was 1902, and she was she was already captured. But at that point, she confessed to killing 31 people by, wow. by her way of being, like, a nurse. Wow. Yeah. Um, she literally asked her lawyer to, she didn't plead, well, she pled guilty, but, uh, for reasons of insanity. Yeah, whatever. Yes. That's not, no. However, um, I mean, the courts insisted that she wasn't insane, but despite that, uh, they did actually, uh, declare her not guilty due to, due to reasons of insanity. No. But because of that, she had to, I mean, people think that you get off just because you are temporarily insane or whatever, but you actually don't. If you are deemed that, you go to a mental institution. Yeah, which makes sense to me. Yeah, you don't, it's not like you get to live your life for free, like you're free because, oh, you're insane. No, they send you to a mental institution, which is what they did to her. Good. And. She stayed there for the rest of her life. Um, she eventually died on October 29th, 1938, at the age of 84. Wow. 
yeah. Yeah, my case was short this week. I'm so sorry. That's but, fine. But she lived a long life. Jesus. But, yeah, so that was her That was her gig is she would, when she was in the hospital, she was performing experiments. And then when she uh, was being a private nurse, that's when she really was, well, that's how she got caught killing people. But she claimed she killed up to, like, 31 people in the hospitals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But with morphine. I hate it. Yeah. And she was, um, the reason I picked her is because she was known for being one of the, um, first prolific American female serial killers. Oh, okay. By the way of what she was doing to these people. So. (sighs) I hate it. Me too. (laughs) I hate it. So short, sweet, but there you go. There you go. Fuck you, Jane. Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane. All right, are we ready to lighten the mood? I think so. These are, this one, yeah. This week was, like, rough. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I think it's like important, it. though, because it it's is. so... I don't, I don't know what to say this. It's such a big topic right now and something that can totally happen. Right. So... All right, are we ready for this? No. No, these are funnies. I, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Okay, so a thief steals $5 million gold toilet from Britain's palace. <laughs> what? So apparently they had a fully functional 18-karat gold toilet. Oh, I want it. Right? That's Here, cool. you want to see a picture of it? Oh, that's dope. Although the whole bathroom <laughs> is disgusting and, like, nothing around right? it. Right? Like, literally, yeah. Okay. Um, that's funny. So then... A uh, Colorado bank robber throws cash in the air, shouting "Merry Christmas!" <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a, a new Robin Hood of Christmas time? He's just like throwing you know, cash. Around. So it says a man with white beard was being held on a ten thousand dollar bond for allegedly robbing robbing a Colorado bank and throwing the stolen cash into the air while shouting "Merry Christmas" to pass buyers. And here's the gentleman. <laughs> he kind of looks like Santa. He Claus. looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and then have you heard about this um, $120,000 banana? No. Okay, so, man who ate $120,000 banana at the art show says, I'm not sorry. (laughs) A performance artist who ate a banana taped to a wall that was an artwork valued at $120,000 said his actions were not vandalism and he does not regret his snack at the Art Basel in Miami Beach, Florida. Yeah, if you were taping a banana to a wall for 120 grand, I wouldn't regret that shit either. <laughs> I mean, who sa- who who does this? Who says that a banana taped to a wall is $120,000 worth of art? Where's that appraiser? Let me tape a cherry to the wall. Was that going to be 50 grand? Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Okay, Jesus. and then the last one was squirrels stash winter walnuts cause car chaos. So, squirreling away supplies for winter took a whole new meaning for a couple in the United States after they discovered a hood full of walnuts and grass in their car. (laughs) Oh my god, you're not kidding. That's a lot. It's like, that's where the squirrels decided to hide all their stuff. That's awesome. Oh my god, I love it. That's probably my favorite one. That one's awesome. (laughs) That's a lot. Like, that's like the whole engine bay. Right? I love it. Wasn't that funny? Oh my god, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, anyway... Now that our souls are, I feel like I've been out. drugged. Yeah, that's not okay. 
Makes uh, me say her contemplate. I decided to channel my inner Jane and put morphine in your Prosecco. Is that why? <laughs> Have we ever told you guys a story about Vegas when we kept drugging our sister? No. Yeah, she sounds grumpy. So we went, <laughs> we were in Vegas last February, I think it was. It was, we decided to celebrate Nikki's, like, bachelorette party while we were there, kind of. Like, uh, just an impromptu one. And her best friend, Kelly, who listens to the episode. Hi, Kelly. Hi, ho. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she brought Tic Tacs. And throughout the whole time there, we just kept, like, randomly roofing her drink with Tic Tacs. But she wouldn't notice till the very end of the drink when it tastes all minty and, like... Ugh. At the end of the night, there was a full-on fight for the box of Tic Tacs. Like, I was so mad. I was like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. This mint-tasting beer is awful. Yeah, it was like Corona or something she was <laughs> drinking was. all night. It was disgusting. Yeah, anyway. it was awesome. But um, We got a towel. Another little corkscrew real quick. We got a towel from Twisted Wares uh-huh. that says, does this towel smell like chloroform? Oh my god, I want it. And they sent it to us as like a promotional, like here's our new stuff. <gasps> oh my god, I and love it. And it has like a little bottle on it that has like the skull and I I started cracking up and I was like, oh my god, Taylor's going to love this. And then I made the comment that like, I was like, Taylor and I said we're going to chloroform each other just so we know what it's like. And dad looked at me and was like... What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Our poor father is like. Sometimes I think he just stares at us, like, "What have I done?" Like what? <laughs> and he's nothing like this either. Like I don't know. I don't know where we came from. I'm not sure either. It's okay. But oh Jesus! Well, that we was this it. week. We made it. Woo-hoo. We made it. We made it. So here's the deal, guys. Is um, of course, please rate us on anywhere you listen to us. Please follow us on Instagram. Uh, Facebook. We also are going to, um, I've decided we're going to start putting out um, a small little gift for you if you subscribe to us on Patreon. Yay! So, please go subscribe. Doesn't matter. Dollar, five dollars, whatever. And uh, we will send you a gift. Yes! It might be a chloroform rag. (laughs) It might be a chloroform rag. You don't know. (laughs) And we'll, uh, See you back here next week. Yes, yamas. Yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Ow. Oh, I'm stuck on my headphone. Can you hear me? That's what I meant.